Listen, if you're good with having crucial conversations and you have a process that you use, you need to teach that to your leaders. Not not when a conflict comes up, not when it's time to have a crucial conversation. Like you need to be training them continually how to have these conversations because they're going to need to have them the rest of their career. This is the L3 Leadership Podcast, episode number 168. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the L3 Leadership Podcast. My name is Doug Smith, and I'm the founder of L3 Leadership. We are a leadership development company devoted to helping you become the best leader that you can be. In this episode, you're going to get to hear part two of a two-part series that I'm doing on developing yourself and the leaders around you. If you weren't able to listen to part one, that's okay. You don't need to listen to it in order to listen to this episode. But if you do want to go back, you can listen to part one in episode number 164. Before we jump into the episode, just a few announcements. I want to let you guys know that we recently introduced L3 Leadership Membership. That's right. You can now become a member of L3 Leadership. You might say to me, well, Doug, why become a member? Because I believe every leader needs a group of leaders to go through life with that will encourage them, hold them accountable to their goals, and help them reach their potential. At L3 Leadership, we've developed a community of leaders that will help you do just that. As a member, you'll get access to our community of leaders. You'll have the ability to join a mastermind group, which I believe is absolutely critical to your success. You'll get access to extra resources, content, and a member-only forum on our member-only website. Membership's only $25 a month, and you can sign up at l3leadership.org forward slash membership. I also want to let you guys know about an amazing new leadership conference that's coming up called the Future Forward Conference. It's being held on October 24th through the 26th at Amplify Church in Pittsburgh, and it is a leadership conference for church leaders and their staff, and it's led by Amplify Senior Pastor, my friend Lee Kreicher. I've had Lee speak at one of our events, and I've interviewed him for this podcast. He is a phenomenal leader and what him and his leadership team have been able to do at their church has been nothing short of amazing. And so you need to sit under their leadership. I encourage you to check out the conference and check out all the great work that Amplify Church is doing. To learn more about the conference, go to futureforwardconference.com. With all that being said, let's jump right into the lesson and I'll be back at the end with a few announcements. Hey everyone, today I'd like to talk to you on the subject, developing yourself and the leaders around you. This is part two of a two-part series that I'm doing. If you missed part one, you can go back and listen to that in episode number 164, but it's not necessary that you listen to that in order to get value out of today's lesson. So with that being said, let's dive right into the content. Most of today's content focuses on developing others. So the first principle I want you to know is this, you need to give the leaders around you responsibilities you don't think they're ready for yet. Give leaders around you responsibilities you don't think they're ready for yet. I remember when I started L3 Leadership, uh, I had no idea what I was doing. I've never started a business before. I don't know how to grow a business. I don't know how to do so many things. And I would meet with successful entrepreneurs and I'd say, hey, can you can you tell me what I need to know to be successful? And oftentimes the response they would give me, which, which annoyed me, was, Doug, you're a smart guy. You'll figure it out. Doug, you're a smart guy. You'll figure it out. And I'm like, it'd be a lot easier to figure out if you just told me, uh, but they never tell me. And they just said that. But fast forward a few years, I'm finally getting it. I'm figuring it out. Uh, you know, I remember when I became the major gift officer at Light of Life Rescue Mission, I didn't know anything about fundraising. They just came to me and they said, we think you're good with people. We think you could be really good at fundraising. Why don't you try this out? We want to make you the major gift officer. They gave me one day of training and fed me to the wolves and I had to figure it out. And I was 26 years old and I had to figure out how to meet with major donors, how to ask them for money. And, uh, it's gone well, but it was something that I had to figure 
out very, very quickly. And here's what I want you to know. The, the leaders that, that report to you, they can figure out whatever you hand off to them. I was uh, recently interviewing a woman named Liz Wiseman, and uh, she worked for Oracle when she was very young. And she was 24 years old, and the executives at Oracle came to her and said, Liz, we want you to create Oracle University. And they gave her the vision for it. Well, she had no idea what to do. She was 24 years old. She actually joked in the interview. She said, I wouldn't let a 24-year-old drive my car now. But they gave me an opportunity to do this. She actually ended up killing it. She grew Oracle University. She crushed it in year one. And they said, this has been so successful here in San Francisco. Now we want you to go global. And we want you to figure that out. And you know what? She figured it out. And I, I just want to say this, leaders, let your people surprise you. Let your people surprise you and teach them to be resourceful. They're smart enough and they can figure it out. You know, I saw on Instagram the other day this hilarious little quote. It said, I never knew that so much of my adult life would simply be Googling stuff. I mean, isn't that true? We have Google at our fingertips. And how many times a day do you say, I have no idea how to do this. I wonder how to do it. Well, I'll just look it up on Google. Let your people surprise you. Let them surprise you by giving them responsibility that you don't think they're ready for yet. The second principle is this, focus on results, not FaceTime. Focus on results, not FaceTime. That's something Sheryl Sandberg, the CEO of Facebook, said recently in an interview that I was watching with her. And she talked about how there were people that, that they only had to work you know, 20 or 30 hours a week, and they were able to produce extraordinary results for the organization. And so as a result, they got a ton of freedom. And so they didn't have to work as many hours as everyone else worked. And people started complaining to Sheryl, and they'd say, hey, how come so-and-so doesn't have to work as many hours? Or how come so-and-so doesn't have to be in the office as much as we do? And Cheryl said, if you can produce the same amount of results that they produce in the time that they're here, you can have the same kind of freedom. And uh, listen, I just want to tell you, leaders, if your people produce, give them freedom. You know, what if a leader in your organization could produce more than you expected in less than a 40-hour work week? What if you unleashed them and gave them the freedom they needed? There was a, a, an old sign that was on a grocery store one time, and it said this. It said, 57, the 57 rules of success. Rule number one, deliver the goods. Rule number two, the other 56 don't matter. And I love that. If your people produce the goods, if they deliver the goods, give them freedom. There's a great book out called Work Rules, and it's by Google's old HR director. That certainly wasn't his actual title, but that's what he did. And he wrote a book about how Google works. And here's some of the things that he said in the book. He said, the number one mistake organizations make is that they fail to trust their people. He said, productivity, wages, and freedom go up when things are self-run and cost goes down. Freedom, productivity, and wages go down in a controlled environment and cost goes up. He said, if you're a leader, give your people more freedom than you're comfortable with. And if you're not uncomfortable, you're not doing it right. Focus on results, not FaceTime. The next principle is this. Teach your leaders to find their identity in the right things. Teach your leaders to find their identity in the right things. C.S. Lewis said, if your identity or happiness is in anything that you can lose, you're in danger of a crisis. And all too often, I see leaders finding all of their identity and all of their happiness in the organization that they work for and what they've accomplished and what their title is and what people think of them. And those are all things that you can lose very, very quickly. And you might be listening to this and say, well, that's not me. I don't find my identity in those things. But have you ever lost them? Because too often I found that you don't know what your value is in until you lose that thing. You know, for me, I was 26 years old and I was working in a big church. And if you would have asked me if my identity and worth and value was in the fact that I worked at a big church, I would have said absolutely not. 
However, I left and I was helping my mentor plan a church. And when I left, I, I realized I, w- I was having an identity crisis. I was depressed for a few months and uh, it was just, it was so strange. I didn't know what to do. And what I realized was all of my identity wasn't working in a big church and I no longer had a big church to point to. I could no longer say, I'm on staff at that church. I was at a startup. No one had heard of our church when we launched it, right? Because we were starting from scratch. But all of my identity was in that, and it crushed me for six months. And thankfully, I have good mentors around me, and I was able to bounce back. But I know leaders that lose they lose a position that they had, and it ruins the rest of their life. And they never bounce back because they never find their identity in the right things. Teach your people to find their identity in things they can never lose. For me, I'm a person of faith, and so for me, that's God. I have to find my worth and value in God because he's the only thing I can never lose. It can't be in my position, my title, or organization that I work for. And we must train our leaders to know this. We must help them find their identity in the right things. Because here's what I know, and it's the next principle. You need to teach your leaders that there are necessary endings in life. You need to teach their, your leaders that there are necessary endings in life. If I could recommend one book to you, I recommend this to every leader that I talk to. It would be Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud. It's a phenomenal book, Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud. And he said this, he said, without the ability to end things, people stay stuck. Never becoming who they are meant to be and never accomplishing all that their talents and abilities should afford them. Again, I see so many people held back by this because they never expected an ending to come. They thought they were on top of their game. They never thought they'd get fired. They never thought they'd not be at the organization. They never thought that someone else would get promoted ahead of them. And, and, and a necessary ending comes and they don't know how to do it because don't know how to navigate it well because all their identities in the wrong thing. And so they end up stuck and never growing to where God intended them to grow because they don't know how to end things well. We need to teach our, our people that they may not be in our organization forever. They may not be a part of everything forever. They can't rely on their gifts and talents in this season of their life to get them where they need to go in the next season of their life. Right? And so we just need to teach our people to find their identity in the right things and the fact that ending are necessary in life sometimes. And sometimes necessary endings are the best thing that could possibly happen to you. You know, I've had to let people go in the past and that's always my prayer for them. Hey, I hope you know, look, this happened to me. There's going to be necessary endings in your life. And I hope looking back that you'll say, man, if that ending wouldn't have happened, I would have never reached my full potential. Necessary endings are never, never fun while you're going through them. But looking back, I think you'll find that those are some of the, the biggest opportunities for growth in your entire life. We need to teach people again that there are necessary endings in life. The next principle is this. We need to teach our people how to have healthy conflict and crucial conversations. We need to teach our leaders how to have healthy conflict and crucial conversations. There's a great resource I would recommend, and it is a book called Crucial Conversations. I'll include a link to it in the show notes. It's phenomenal. Uh, You'll want to read it. But listen, in life, there's some people who are very comfortable with conflict. There's others who are not. But whether or not you, I don't want to say people enjoy it, but whether or not you're comfortable or not, you need to learn how to have crucial conversations. And it's a skill that you can develop and you need to continue to develop throughout the rest of your leadership journey. Because crucial conversations conversations happen all the time. For me personally, I was someone who was not comfortable at all with crucial conversations, was not comfortable with conflict at all. So as a result, I was the king of gossip. 
I mean, I'm just, I'm just telling on myself here. I was the go-to for gossip and people would come to me and they'd say, I can't believe this is wrong with the organization and this is wrong with that leader and this is wrong with that leader. And I was, I actually enjoyed the fact that people would come to me and I'd smile and I'd say, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's horrible. I can't believe that either. It's crazy, but let's not do anything. Let's just feel good that we're complaining about it. That used to be me. And so I had an experience and my boss gave me permission to share this story because uh, it involves her. And I'll, I'll preface this by saying my boss and I have a wonderful relationship now. Um, but at the time we didn't because I didn't know how to have crucial conversations. And so I had some frustrations building with my boss, but I was afraid to, to confront her about him. And so I would hold them in and hold them in and hold them in. And so one day I had the opportunity to do a 360 degree review on my boss. And I thought, here's my chance to actually show how I feel and say what I'm thinking. And so I wrote down a, a nasty 360 degree review and uh, it went very, very bad. And long story short, uh, my boss read everything that I wrote and I had to own up to everything that I wrote. And initially, I did not think I was going to have to, um, but I did. And man, we had a hard conversation and there were a lot of tears and a lot of a conflict. But out of that, I, I actually learned how to have crucial conversations. And for me, there's a tool called the conversation wheel. Uh, if you're interested in it, I could talk to you about it. But there's a wheel that actually walks you through how to have healthy conversations. And basically, what I did is I wrote out my entire conversation that I wanted to have with my boss, everything that I was feeling, um, you know, I, you walk through this whole process, but I journaled out the entire conversation. Then I, I met with my boss and I said, Hey, I'm going to share with you everything that's in my heart. I wrote it down. If you can just listen while I talk, and then I want you to repeat back to me what I said so I can know you have proper context and didn't take anything out of context. And after you repeat it, I want to discuss it. And we ended up having a wonderful conversation. Everything that I was complaining and frustrated about pretty much went away. And from that point on, we've basically have been able to have great conversations, great conflict. And it's been wonderful. And it was such a huge source of growth for me. And so now I'm no longer the king of gossip. When people come to me now complaining about something in our organization or about a certain leader, I just say, hey, what are you, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to talk to that person about it? You need to. And hey, if you need help having that conversation, let me show you my process for having hard conversations. And I walk them through it. Listen, if you're good with having crucial conversations and you have a process that you use, you need to teach that to your leaders. Not, not when a conflict comes up, not when it's time to have a crucial conversation. Like you need to be training them continually how to have these conversations because they're going to need to have them the rest of their career. And I wish I would have learned this in an early age. I wish I wouldn't have spent 10 years of my life just holding frustration in and not being able to express it and, and just end up being the king of gossip. I, oh, I wasted 10 years when I could have learned a simple process that I now use every day. We need to teach our people how to have crucial conversations. The next principle is that you need to teach your leaders to self-evaluate. You need to teach your leaders to self-evaluate. In one of the organizations that I work at, we do self-evaluations all the time. And the process we used was actually developed by an organization that we partner with called Grace Network International based out of Oregon. And if you're interested in connecting with them, I'll include a link in the show notes. Um, I highly encourage you to connect with them. This has been a huge source of growth for me personally. And I know everyone else on staff who has gone through the self-evaluation process uh, has been impacted in a huge way as well. But all it is is when you either make a decision or you make a choice or you have a choice to make, you go through the sheet of paper with multiple questions on it and you reflect on the decision that you made or you're going to make. And then 
Essentially, you sit down with your team or some of your coworkers and you work through the worksheet. You tell them all the answers to the questions that you reflected on and then you allow them to ask you questions. So it allows you to self-evaluate and evaluate the decision that you made and why you made it or the decision that you're about to make and why you're going to make it. And it's absolutely wonderful. And the questions are, what did I choose to do? What did I want? What was I thinking? What were the results of my choice? How did my choice affect the community or the environment? If you're a faith-based person, what does trusting God look like in this situation? And then what is my plan to change? Now, my question to you is, that it seems like a pretty simple process, but what if you went through those questions before, uh, after every decision that you made or before every decision that you're going to make? It would cause you to be self-reflective around those things. And I'm telling you, you get so much more insight. And not only when you reflect on the answers that you wrote, but you also give an opportunity for your staff to ask questions so you go deeper and give feedback. It's a wonderful thing. So again, if you want more information, please email me at dougsmith at l3leadership.org. I'd be glad to connect you with Grace Network International, but you need to teach your people to self-evaluate. It'll be a game changer for you. The next principle is one that I talk about often, but you need to grow your team's character. You need to grow your team's character. I say it often, but the most important development really is character development. Tom Peters said, there is no such thing as a minor lapse in integrity. I love that. There is no such thing as a minor lapse in integrity. So how do you grow your team's character? Number one, I believe if you're a person of faith, you need to follow God. It's an absolute fact that the closer to God you get, the cleaner your life will become. Number two is you need to follow the example of men and women of character. And you need to be an example of a man or woman of character. Gerald Brooks said this. He said, just as leadership is more caught than taught, character is more caught than taught. You need to surround yourself and the people on your team with men and women of character so they can see it modeled and they can catch that. And then lastly, you need to be teachable and you need to be open to correction always. And you need to teach your people to be teachable and open to correction. If you're a person of faith, God needs to correct you. He'll send people to correct you. You need to have people around your life that can correct you and tell you no. I ask this all the time, but who do you have in your life that can tell you no that you'll actually listen to? Because here's what I know. The most important leadership quality is self-awareness. And so many of us are not self-aware. And one way you become self-aware is by being teachable and being open to the correction of others. There's a phenomenal leadership book out that I encourage you to read and go through with your team called The Dark Side of Leadership. Go through it with your team. But in it, it talks about Billy Graham. And it says this. It says, as his ministry grew, so did his self-awareness. As his ministry grew, so did his self-awareness. I want that to be me. As my organization grows, I want my self-awareness to grow. As my leadership grows, I want my self-awareness to grow. I want to grow my character more than any other area of my life. If we're going to be leaders that last and we're going to develop a team of leaders that's going to last, we have to grow their character and we have to grow our character. And that's going to wrap up our lesson on developing yourself and the leaders around you. Thank you very much for listening. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Developing Yourself and the Leaders Around You Part 2. I really hope that it added a lot of value to your life. You can find ways to connect with me and links to everything that I talked about and more in the show notes at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 168. Again, you can also listen to Part 1 if you were unable to in episode number 164 of the L3 Leadership Podcast as well. 
Just a few things to wrap up. I want to thank our sponsor, Henny Jewelers. They are a jeweler owned by my friend and mentor, John Henny. My wife, Laura, and I both got our engagement and wedding rings through Henny Jewelers, and they are just an incredible company. Not only do they have great jewelry, but they also invest in people. John gave Laura and I a book to help us prepare for our marriage, and he's been investing in me as a leader, a dad, and a husband now for many years. So if you're in need of a good jeweler, check out hennyjewelers.com. I also want to thank our sponsor, Alex Tulandon. Alex is a full-time realtor with Keller Williams Realty, whose team is committed to providing clients with highly effective premier real estate experiences throughout the greater Pittsburgh region. He's a member and a supporter of L3 Leadership, and he would love the opportunity to connect with you. If you'd like to learn more about Alex and ways to connect with him, go to pittsburghpropertyshowcase.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a rating and review on whatever app you listen to podcasts through. It really does help us grow our audience. You can also share on social media. That would be awesome as well. But more than anything, thank you so much for being a listener. It means the world to me. And lastly, if you want to stay in touch with everything that we're doing here at L3 Leadership, you can simply sign up for our email list at l3leadership.org. And as always, I like to end with a quote. And Brian Houston recently said this. I love it. He said, what is the one thing you were called to do? Know your one thing and pursue it relentlessly. Thank you so much for being a listener. Laura and I appreciate you so much. And we'll be back next episode.